In terms of um, nods to the original film, I think we're trying to uh, invite new fans, old fans, people that are familiar, know the original film inside and out, and then those that don't, and are, we're asking them to kind of take this experience, uh, this, uh, this pilgrimage with us. Hello, and we are back from a little hiatus. We are just another movie night, though, and uh, I am Scott. And I'm Joe. This is before and after reviews, and uh, that's where we go and watch a brand new movie in the theater and talk about it. And so we're catching up on a movie. I think we're a week behind, maybe, on Exorcist the Believer. Yeah, I think it's just called Ex- Exorcist Believer. Is it The Believer no, or it's Believer? Exorcist Believer. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, I've heard so many good things about it. Yeah, you're kidding. I mean, we've heard that this movie's trash. So I'm going into this thinking that. Yeah. Sorry. You know, it's it's a shame because uh, The Exorcist property has been through so many ups and downs. And uh, I would say that I'm one of those rare people. I absolutely love one and three, I think. One is the one horror movie that scared the living shit out of me as a child. It terrified me. I had a very long run of trying to watch this movie, or the original Exorcist anyways, and try to watch it without being scared, and it took a very long time. Yeah, I it mean... It frightened the hell out of me. It's It still holds up, I think. it's And Ellen Burstyn's acting just amplifies everything. It's an incredible film. Yeah, it's perfection in it, my eyes. It really, it. it's a great, great movie. Beyond horror movies, beyond all that, it's just a great film. I will say, of course, it has its little bit of moments that don't hold up as well, like the turning head. But it's overall just fantastic. Great filmmaking, great score, great use of actors. The actors are all credible. I love it. And I feel the same way about three. I actually think 3 is one of those rare occasions that the uh, studio interference actually made a better film than the director intended. Yeah, I agree. Friedkin... Um, he didn't do the third not, one, yeah. Yeah, he didn't do the third one, but... Uh, it was the writer. It was uh, Bla- um, Blatty? Blatty, Blatty, that's what I meant. Um, I, I, I think that they nailed it. I mean, I think it was terrifying. Just even watching the transformation, like the, just the quick transformation... Of, like, Father Karras to Trinity? Is it Trinity? Oh, yeah, the uh, the Zodiac Zodiac, Zodiac. Fun fact, we're both wrong. It's the Gemini Killer. Which is uh, one of your favorite people. <laughs> yes, Brad Dorff. Brad Dorff. Uh, yeah, um, and also George C. Scott. It's a great film, and yeah. a lot of people have not seen it. And a lot of horror fans, for some reason, don't like it. I don't know why. Uh, I think it's a really really good film in fact it has one of the scariest moments in movie history it's actually like it has a scene in it that people study of how to do a perfect scare mm-hmm. 
And if uh, you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a scene in a hallway of a hospital. It's an amazing shot. And it is creepy as all hell. The setup, the way it's directed, everything is done fantastically. And I can see why it's studied. And that's why I like three. And now, beyond that, the I think the next in that series of movies is actually a huge mess behind the scenes. Uh, two films were directed, virtually the same movie. Uh, they had such a hard, like the studio didn't believe in the movie. And so they made two versions of it. It's how much money they spent on that sequel, which is part four. And uh, I think they have sub two subtitles. But one of them is actually pretty decent. Um, you know, that's a that's a weird it's a weird uh, thing to to look into and to to research what really happened on Exorcist four, which is kind of a prequel. I think it it's, uh, takes place about the first exorcist and uh, the original exorcism. The Exorcist, anyways, his um, what happened beforehand with the demon, and why he was called in in the first movie. Okay, you're talking about Exorcist: The Beginning. Yeah, and there's another version of it too. There's two versions. Okay. It, it virtually is the same it's movie the same with movie. different actors were brought in and different cuts. No, I mean Stellan Skarsgård is still in that one. It's Dominion prequel Dominion. to The Exorcist. Yeah, I totally forgot all about that movie. I'm not. Gonna it, lie. It's not bad. It's actually I pretty decent. All about that movie. It's weird. It's one of those movies that I don't know why they didn't believe in it enough to, to you know, really back it instead of like trying to refilm it. So it's one of those movies that has director's cuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of an interesting story altogether. But um, here we are now trying to bring back the series again. And and what's crazy? There's a TV show. Yeah. That already tried to do some of this. Yep. I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind the first season of the show either. Yeah. I don't think we watched the second season. No, I don't think we came back. I actually forgot that it was coming back, so I'm I'm pretty behind on everything. But there was a second season. It never went past the second. I don't believe. Oh, but okay. yeah, we we start. I might have started the first episode, and never finished it. But yeah, it, they did a television show. They tried to bring back, uh, you know, some of the the characters and re you know do it for a new time. And it's kind of decent. It's not great, uh, but it was decent. And here we are again trying to do another movie in the series. I'm not sure why. And I was really afraid because of who the writer and directors are behind this and who's behind making this movie. It's the people who made the last series of Halloween. Yeah, that's what scares me. That's what really scares me. I I had a feeling, too, because I was like... It's David Gordon Green, but like yeah. I, I feel, I'm, I'm just not going into this with a, with a good attitude yeah, at no. all. And the writer in particular is uh, worrisome. Um, Peter Sattler. Yeah, uh, I believe he just worked on another movie we watched, and we're like, oh no. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it's uh, which. Let's see what we got. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I know he just he worked on a couple things. I believe this guy. And I'm like, holy shit! When I saw the the trailer, well, I'd heard about it already, and I and I guess from just hearing about it, you're like a little scared after what Halloween Ends ended up to be. But some people like that because right now what's in is that subversion of expectations. Yeah, you know, everybody loves the, the oh, it's a it, it subverted my expectation, and and I think that's what happened with the Star Wars series recently. 
people are either into that where they completely flip the script or they're not. I don't think we fall in that camp of flipping the script. No. Because I still want to follow. Like Exorcist 3, this could be this movie could be so easily done if it followed in that footsteps of Exorcist 3. I think and so too, but it's just going to go the opposite direction. It's going to go... It's going to go in the Halloween ends. Yeah, it is. I and guarantee it. Flipping the script. The writer you're thinking of that we're not happy with is the writer Scott Teams. Scott He's Teams. In, um, he did Insidious, The he, Red the Door. The Red Door. And that movie sucked. Yeah, I believe he worked on something else too. Um, it, it, Red Door also was a letdown. And so was Halloween Ends he worked on. So he also is behind... Oh, Firestarter. Firestarter. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, we're kind of uh, already on that oh, that ride of, I'm not sure. You know? I mean, I just want to see Ellen Burstyn, but you know what? I don't think that she's going to have enough screen time in order to, you know, put me into this, this situation. You know what I mean? I want to be put into this movie. I want to be dragged into the movie. But I don't think that her screen time is going to, you know, change my opinion I think this movie is going to be awful. And now it's it's in my head and I hate it. I hate it that we went on vacation and I read things on Instagram about this. See, I know nothing about it. I didn't read anything. I mean, I didn't. I saw blurbs. Yeah, I didn't read any spoilers, but I did read that people, the horror community is like spazzing out. I mean, you know, this movie's trash. You know, literally do anything else with your life besides go see this. It's no, a waste of time. I'm sure it's not that bad, but I, I get it. Yeah, I get when people uh, hold something dear, they're going to shit on it. But I, I'm, I'm actually fascinated what this could be. How, you said Ellen Burson's back. That's That worries me because she had nothing to do with stopping the demon the first time around. No, it just happened to be that her daughter was the one that was possessed. Wouldn't it have been more interesting to bring her back? Yes, but and she I, didn't remember at the end of the first one, so they can't really... Well, our, <laughs> but then in the heretic, they're saying that she was still possessed. Like mer- then they have to get Pazuzu out of her with some kind of oh, it's yeah, so it was bad. so bad I can't even the remember all was, of it. I wonder if they're acting like the second one exists because I believe in this one they're saying that Reagan is dead. I feel like they're saying Reagan's in the trailer dead. It, it sounded like they said she was dead, and and I think that it would have been more interesting to bring her back and say no, you know. She remembers now things are coming back and she was like sketchy on it. Yeah. And she was figuring it out and she pieced it all together by research because it was probably all over the damn news in the newspapers. I mean, I would think so, especially since, you know, Chris McNeil was an actress in, you know, she yes. played an actress in the movie. So she was a famous person. That's and true. And it this. was her daughter that was going through this. And that kind of stuff, you know, has a way of getting out into the press. I can't wait to see how they deal with that. I she, forgot about that. Yeah, aspect. especially since she was, um, there was a death, two deaths. I'm sorry. Father Marin also died. Um, Bert got thrown three. out the window. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to count Father Karras. So like, yeah, I guess Father Karras died. Yeah. yeah. But um, I, it's just. I don't know how they're they're not they can't bring her back because she doesn't they said that she doesn't remember but it, then the whole like whole thing like I said about part two they should just pretend that never happened but they really can't I mean it did happen you know so I don't know man I, I'm not I'm not happy about this I wish that I had stayed off Instagram but you know what I knew anyway going going in like I'm I'm I haven't even seen the movie yet and I'm just like fuck you know because I just just because of the people who are behind this movie. Yeah. If they if there was some someone else, anyone else, 
I would be like, okay, I have hope. Maybe there's, you know, they're going to do something right. But this team of people, I hate to be an asshole, but damn. Yeah. I, I, I really do believe that that team of people that you're talking about are into that flipping the script. And I think that's going to be the big problem here. I mean, just the fact that they're in the trailer alone, you're like, how do we do a new one? Let's do two girls. Yeah. You know, that right there is a little bit of a scare because it feels very lazy to mm-hmm. do two. It's like, oh, we got to double down. Yeah. But yeah, so just, what is your what is your uh, coming out thought of what your score is going to be? Oh, I know I'm going to hate this movie. It's probably going to be a four. Oh, wow. I, I think I'm, I'm going to hate it. I think I'm going to come out with a five. Right. I have a feeling that there's going to be something about this that's decent. We'll see. I mean, the horror community is like totally, you know, well, the horror, off. The horror community is an odd. They're odd an odd. We're, we're an, an odd, odd bunch, bunch of. Yeah, everybody in the horror community <laughs> is so different, and there's yeah. so many subgroups in the horror community. True, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll just we'll have to see. So okay, I don't know. Let's go check it out. Okay. What do you think evil is? I'll tell you what I think it is. We're born in this world with hope and dreams and a desire to be happy. Dad? Something's going on with my daughter. No! No! It's happening to my daughter, too. The devil has one wish. Wherever those girls went, they brought something back with them. To make us lose faith. I believe you can help get our daughters back. To kill it in us. And the devil never gives up. David Gordon Green played a trick on you. Now it's gone. Did he, though? <laughs> Did he? Because we went in knowing that he sucks, and this movie was going to fucking suck. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking Trash. Talking where- Trash. <laughs> God damn it. Where we talk the shit out of pieces of crap weekly. This is a crossover episode now. Yeah, it's not. It's no longer before and after reviews. This is motherfucker. That's what this is. I am, like, livid. Livid. And I knew I was going to be. So it's not like a shock to myself. Yeah, but. I'm, look, there has never been a more steady decline in filmmaking than that maybe 25 to 30 minute mark in this film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, the first 20 minutes of this film are pretty good. You know what? I will agree with that. Um, I was pretty invested in this and I was like, okay. This this is on a very steady path right now. Yeah, it, it's. I feel they're setting up this character and yeah. his daughter very well. Yes, they're establishing this interesting dynamic. They set up this uh, backstory for the character that could come back. They've done some stuff here that's really really interesting and well shot. Mm-hmm. And then the whole movie takes this really bad tailspin, and it's shocking. Because it gets worse and worse. And let me just say right out of the gate, 
<laughs> it's mine. <laughs> I'm stealing yours. <laughs> right out of the gate. The moment the possession starts, mm-hmm. or at least the moment where you're realizing or the character's realizing there might be a problem, that's when this movie takes a dive. And that's when Ellen Burstyn comes in. The idea of playing a character that I created 50 years ago, I thought, you know, she's had 50 years of living. Who has she become? What are the experiences that happened to her those 50 years? And how does that affect the person she is now? And that started to interest me creatively. You know, I gotta say, I was so happy that she was in this, but they done her wrong. They done her dirty. And, and I'm gonna say, you know, I should actually backtrack and say, it's not the moment Ellen Burson shows up. It's the moment that the neighbor, some reason, breaks into the guy's, um, the main character's house and starts bringing um, some kind of uh, religious, religious group, group into the house of, to pray on yeah. the house. Shamans? He, breaks, Shamans he, he seems to break into the house. This isn't established or set up in any way. Okay. And this is this tone. This is where it starts, the tone of this movie going downhill. Yep, right here. Because it goes downhill. This is clear, bad editing. Ooh. Yeah, what I happened? I think Reagan just came out of my throat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh okay. This is clear, bad editing. This is some next-level terrible editing. And now... I maybe shouldn't be blaming the filmmaker, but I have a sneaking suspicion that this after-test audience uh, backlash, I guarantee they had to re-edit this film or re-film a lot of scenes, and it shows. Because Mm -hmm. if you watch characters' movements and in the back shots, they're all moved completely wrong, or they have been placed out of order, like... Later on in the movie, they'll show a character get down on his knees, but minutes and minutes before, you'll see him already on his knees in a back shot mm-hmm. or have his hand up. Then they show the wrong hand up. This this movie is... there's The last half an hour is filled with that. It is just terrible looking. Everything is next level bad. It really is. On it the really fi- is. On, so can we just talk about the, the how... I feel like every single one of these characters were in a different movie. I felt like they were not all in the same movie. And what is with the goddamn neighbors? Okay, the two neighbors. Now, one was, I think her name is Ann Ann Dowd. She played Patty in The Leftovers. She's in Hereditary. Isn't that her? Yes, the one in Hereditary. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. She's in The Leftovers, too. So, um, yeah. Yeah, she's an amazing actress. She's such a good actress. Wow. She was misused here. I don't understand. It had. Yeah, it's not even. uh, This is another David uh, Gordon Green problem. I, I'm always my own worst critic and I'm my own, you know, putting pressure on myself in, in ways that uh, may or may not be the healthiest. But to me, it's trying to bring an integrity to a franchise that means a lot to me as a as a movie geek. And so just get the right team together, work your ass off and, and make a movie. He is obsessed with using smaller actors as like and he gives them more of a role. And there's a ton of those in this that aren't set up. Not really established, mm-hmm. just there. Yeah, and then they're in the main scenes, and right. you're like, "Why are these characters here?" Yeah, they just show up, and like, why are we to believe that these two nosy neighbors? Because it doesn't seem like they really do have like 
um, a really good rapport. Um, he has the next one door with neighbor, the one with the, 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 no, the, the one woman. that broke in. Yeah, that one. They show him going to a boxing class. And yeah, he's like a sparring partner. He, okay, I, fine. I don't know what's going on there, that's but yeah, they train neighbor. together. Yeah, that's that's one neighbor, and then the one that's played by Ann Dowd. She is almost like badgering him about him leaving his garbage cans out overnight, and yeah. like he, she's like one of those neighbors where it's like nitpicky, you know, henpecker. So why does she give a shit? And why? How is she just all, all, all of a sudden involved in this guy's life and what's going on with his daughter? Yeah, you know, it's like, and of course, of course, she was going to be a nun. Of course, she knows yeah. everything about the church. <laughs> of course, because that's placement of of characters that we need because movie. Yeah, and and let's. I'm going to say this right now. We're going to spoil the movie. I'm sorry to tell you because I don't think you should see it. No. I don't think people should see it. I don't think that people who love The Exorcist, even if you like one of them or if you don't like them, this is by far the worst thing. Like, this is... If go watch The Exorcist 1 again, don't see this movie. I'm going to say that. So, yeah, we're going to talk spoilers now because... It it really deserves to be trashed up a yeah. little bit because it, this this definitely breaks my thought. Like, it just it, I guess it solidifies my thought that the the that David Gordon Green he's not very great of a filmmaker. I mean, like, uh, this no. is another attempt. And watching what he did and what I was saying in the before part about my thought, probably this movie is going to try to subvert your expectations again. Like he did with Halloween Ends, which he completely threw out anything that was good or interesting. And it just was like, nope, we're going to do something different because Mm -hmm. flipping the script means good. Mm -hmm. That's He does that here again. And I was absolutely right. Right? Because I knew it. And I didn't want to talk about this in the before as one of my guesses. But my guess was that Ellen Burstyn was going to show up just to die. You know, because I, I gotta that say, is the uh, the the subversion. You know, that is the the everybody thinks that she's gonna come and she's gonna help bring the um, the demon out, and maybe she's gonna talk to Captain Howdy, or that she is going to, you know, uh, Pazuzu. They're gonna have some connection. There's gonna be some kind of attachment to Reagan through these girls. Mm-hmm. There's that's the reason they're gonna bring her in. That's why people show her in the trailer. I think that's everybody's immediate thought. Mm-hmm. But like I said, because you have to subvert the expectation, you completely do the opposite of that. Bring her in for five minutes and then brutally stab her eyes out. I just can't believe that they fucking did that. Okay. The moment she came in the house alone just, and went up the stairs, I went, oh, she's dead. I can't believe it. You bring back Chris McNeil. Okay, she is fucking awesome. And then you just destroy destroy that character like how dare you how dare you i feel so like betrayed and just the fact that you know she comes out of this you know out of nowhere to help the you know these families and they do this to her like i feel like saying fuck you david gordon green you're a piece of shit it's just a waste of a character and a waste of a plot line it's and if it was done in a way where it felt like it had weight, instead right. it felt like a joke. 
Yeah, okay. It was you... obvious. The setup was obvious. You you know where this is going. You know something bad's about to happen. Right. And when it happens, you're just kind of like, oh, my God, that's so stupid. It's and the way that it looks like it was stupid. edited. It, it looks did. like it was something more happened here, and then they mm-hmm. edited it in. I have a feeling that the character died. Well, I don't know what they were planning, but I could tell you that um, I read some trivia, and Ellen Burstyn declined this role. She's like, no, I'm not doing this. But, wow. But then they offered double the salary, and she said, the devil is telling me to do it. <laughs> they offered a double, and I have a feeling that they killed her originally. I, I, I'm just guessing here. This is just a guess, because the reason I believe this is there was a scene right after this. Now, guys, anybody listening... She has her eyes stabbed out with a crucifix, and she survives the, the ordeal to be put into a hospital for the rest of the movie blind. Yeah. That's the waste. They paid her double whatever they, she gave her for this. For that, yeah. To be in maybe two scenes mm-hmm. and then shown throughout the movie in a hospital bed with uh, blind uh, things over her eyes. Now, <laughs> the reason I believe this was edited and changed after the fact, is because she has a narration dialogue that does not match the scene. She actually says to one of the fathers of the two children who are possessed in this film, she says, now both um, now both families are infected. To the family. Mm-hmm. She goes, Beth, all the families involved with these girls are now to get um, infected, to get, bringing together or something like that. But she's saying that to one of the fathers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she was not saying this to this character. They edited this differently. Mm-hmm. And they left in that line of dialogue that makes no sense to that scene. She should have been saying, you and the other family are now br- being brought together. Right. It was like she wasn't even talking to that person. She wasn't talking she was to that talking character. She talking to the audience. Which made me believe that she was actually talking to somebody else and that this was edited. Um, I also have a feeling that Reagan, in one one aspect of this film, was dead. And I feel then, like that too. But then I feel like because they asked they asked uh, Linda Blair to come back for a second cameo, which I told you guys, you know, we told you we're spoiling this. So she, I guess, Chris McNeil has not seen her daughter in what seemed like decades. Yeah, she's this been movie. in hiding after the whole thing. But meanwhile, she never even knew what happened to her after the first movie. So I guess they are pretending that the second movie didn't happen. Yes, this okay. is definitely this is just like his uh, Halloween, yeah. where it's taking it's pretending all sequels didn't happen, and his Halloween takes place right after the first one. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing here. This movie's acting like only one happened. Yeah, and they don't reference they don't even reference the two priests' names. That, no. sur- that sacrificed themselves to save her daughter. She doesn't even reference them. This character, by the way, let's just say, let's just talk about this character. One character, <laughs> we're just going to talk about, and she's hardly in this film, so it's funny. They're saying that after the ordeal of what she went through in the first movie, mm-hmm. her daughter could not remember what occurred. Right. She doesn't remember any of it. That's good. But the first thing this character does is write a book to tell the daughter what happened to her. Yeah. Why? Why would she have done that to her daughter? Right. And she did say that Reagan did not like the book. Well, no shit. I mean, obviously, why? Yeah, no shit. Know. Putting it out there, something that she doesn't even remember occurring. Right. And She's she would... responsible for two, three people's deaths. 
what would you think that would do to a woman, a girl? Right. Like, what the fuck would you think? Exactly. So Reagan went into hiding, and then you know, now that uh, Chris McNeil is is blind permanently, um, she won't see Reagan walk in her hospital room at the last minute, and it's supposed to be some big revelation, which the whole audience knew yeah. who was walking into that hospital room because it was like you, you get the camera's point of view, and it's a nicer moment than the entire in the entire movie. Uh, rest of the characters' and, emotional stuff. I mean, I thought that the two young girls were were doing a, a decent job. I mean, that's hard, you know? And I don't even know how yeah. much of it was them and, and not body doubles because they're they're child actors. They're I not mean, doing what Linda Blair and the other actress that played her double, they're not doing what those two actors did. They're not flipping out. There's not much of that here. There's just a lot of grin work and laughing. There's not really much else to it. They're oh, yeah. not. They're not even doing... In the original, and I got to tell you, this is what I'm talking about with bad filmmaking. Like, when you watch the original, they find a way to emotionally invest every sequence of what this mother's going through Mm -hmm. following priests. The movie actually opens on the priests, and you actually get, which is great, because it's showing you how you can learn about other characters without, you know, having to focus on one character. This movie does not understand that. It doesn't understand that simple, how well you can establish characters through little bit of scenes. Mm -hmm. And the original does that so well. It starts with one priest, then it goes to the family, then it goes to another priest. And you you establish all three characters simultaneously while while, uh, establishing your entire movie to set up an ending, to get to an ending. This movie doesn't understand that. This movie starts with one character... You follow that character, even when the girl infected hardly gets anything. You follow this one guy. The other family, who also should be set up, is not. In fact, they're instantly shown as assholes, yeah, which I'm is gonna tell really you, weird. The the, fam- the the mother and father of the other girl. The father in particular. Her name is Catherine. The parents of Catherine are just ridiculous, okay? Ridiculous. They're over the top. They're a caricature of 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 what parents they're they're Christians and they they supposedly know everything about God and the devil. The mother seems to know everything about God and the devil. And they don't seem emotionally like affected the way Chris McNeil did in the first in the yeah, original there, movie. There's no like struggling with the doctors, that amazing setup of watching her go to each doctor. Right, no. Freaking out, that. getting to the point where she has to go to the priests. Yeah. Like the abuse. This movie just jumps so quick through it. It doesn't even give a shit about no, that it stuff. It doesn't. It's just like he believes now. Yeah. And and these characters, like I said, were so thrown together. None of, there's no rhyme or reason to any of these characters. And why the fuck the neighbor's even involved? I can't even get past that. I mean, it's just it's what just happens so... that the neighbor has an attachment to some kind of religious aspect. Okay. He's got his own. It turns out that every single character in this movie has a religious backstory. I, you know what? It's true. And like this movie opens well, um, the main character, um, he is played by Leslie Odom. Sure. And um, he, he and his wife are in Haiti, and she gets a, um, I guess a blessing onto her. She's pregnant, and she gets a blessing onto her belly. A Haitian a uh, blessing, like a yeah, yeah a protection spell. A protection on her baby. spell, and um, and right off the bat, I was like, okay, well, 
this is not going to play a part in this movie or anything. And then... It really doesn't. And the woman dies in a cave-in from an earthquake or whatever. There's an earthquake and the, and the baby gets saved. Yeah. So I, I just didn't... Still, even when all that was happening, like I, did, I didn't get any emotion off of this guy. No, not even in the opening. It, it's... It's not done well. It's just it looks better and it's establishing a movie that might be interesting, mm -hmm. but that movie never comes. And, right. But that's also a running theme that I hope other people are laughing at, that this movie is like all other religions suck. Mm -hmm. Except maybe this uh, this uh, Haitian, these, these Haitian uh, religious ideals are the best. Right. This movie like shits on Christianity. They have a pastor. No one knows. No one goes to the actual church in this movie. But there's a priest that they go to. Yeah, for what? And he's then, not like a known exorcist or anything. They just throw him in the movie. Father, whoever. He's just thrown in the movie without any fanfare, and then brought back into the movie like it's the best thing ever. And it made me think this was another edit that this character came in and saved the day. Yeah. Because I thought they were basically going, oh, my God, are they actually going to say that that the church, that Christians are the only religion that actually matters? Because that's what it started there. feeling like. I and I was like, I cannot believe they didn't make one of these characters a rabbi. You know. I couldn't believe. I was like, oh, was, man, they really missed a mark on shitting on every religion in this scene. For real. And I was just thinking, like, first of all, how did this guy... Father Maddox even get involved. Like it, it was like he was just in the scene, and then all of a sudden he was involved. Like what's even... her face went to him? Oh, yeah, it turns out that the next door neighbor happens to be an ex nun, almost an ex nun. Uh, every character around them. Fucking it's stupid. It, it's so odd, and we're never even a we never. And I guess the original doesn't either. But there's something really creepy, and and just cold about the originals ideas of why the exorcist you know why the possession even happened right you know like this movie doesn't this movie seems to be maybe towing on the line you know of that they're just making it seem like they this these two girls were doing some sort of seance to speak to her mother who died in maybe what looks like a tomb of i don't know what it was but i thought it was going to come back it looked like a sewage tunnel it looked like it it looked more like a crypt. Yeah, I was like... And I was like, okay, this is going to come back and they're going to explain... Nope, they don't want to explain no, it. No, they don't explain it and at all. Also, the forms that we get of the demons are just really bad, like, CG flashes yeah. of monsters. Yeah. It, it's not like the original where it's just, just really a weird, creepy feeling and a face. It's none of that. It's none of that creepiness, nightmares and... Stuff like that or imagery. This movie's just like, no, nah, I'm going to do flashes for creepy. Yep. And it doesn't work. Can I just, I mean. And I know another thing that was cut out of this movie. I can keep talking about these cuts because there's an entire sequence where the, the father character, the main character of the movie, smells something in her bedroom. But we never find out what it is. Well, that's in the trailer. Okay. So mm -hmm. there's an entire scene where he's looking for a smell mm -hmm. and then they just get away from it. Yep. And we never find yeah, out no. about it. And in the trailer, I think there's like rotting, something rotten under her bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th that's the kind of movie we're talking about here where they actually they, spend time and waste time 
on things that they their setups that have no payoffs that, that don't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, let me just just I, I have no words, but let me try and get these words out. Okay. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, the the filmmakers paid four hundred million dollars. Four hundred Blumhouse spent four hundred million dollars to secure the filming rights. What? And on top of that had to guarantee a trilogy. Even if Believer bombs at the box office, the next two films still have to be made. God fucking help us, okay? But listen to this. This is even what? better. Yeah, just, just listen to this, okay? But what? Oh, my mind is melting. Yes. What if are that, you telling yes, me here? I mean, that should just... I'm, yeah, I, I can't. Um, they paid $400, $400 million? million dollars. This is a This is a $500 million movie, you're telling me. Or maybe more because of advertising. Yes, but here we go. Listen Holy to this. Holy shit. On, on William Freakin's passing, writer and film critic Ed Whitfield posted this on Twitter and Facebook. William Freakin once said to me, Ed, the guy who made those new Halloween sequels is about to make one to my movie, The Exorcist. That's right. My signature film is about to be extended by the man who made Pineapple Express. I don't want to be around when that happens, but if there's a spirit world and I can come back, I plan to possess David Gordon Green and make his life a living hell. Holy shit. And guess what? Well, freaking is the kind of guy to do that. You know say what? Stuff like that. You know what? I'm sorry. He's 100% right. You know, how did he, I mean, he was must have been still alive when they got the rights to this. Well, how could you let this movie go? You know, this is your freaking signature film, like you said. Why would you give anyone the rights to this, especially this asshole who made Halloween Kills? Are you kidding me? That movie was a sack of shit. <laughs> Which one is? Halloween Kills. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a uh, that's Blumhouse taking a real giant gamble. Million dollars. Yeah. Like you have that kind of money to piss away and you fucking fuck it up like this. Like, what is wrong with you people? I just want to point out that uh, William Franken, uh, he died in uh, August 6th of this year. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God he wasn't around to see this trash. Because he would have he, well, he's fucking a, lost he, it. He was uh, definitely... Uh, he's... <laughs> I just love that. that. That quote is so freaking... If you've ever watched any behind-the-scenes stuff... That man is the guy who says something like that. You couldn't make The Exorcist today the way I made it. It would have to be ludicrous the way all of these Exorcist sequels and rip-offs have been. You'd have to escalate all the special effects. It would all have to be so wildly supernatural and without any kind of realistic base. It would have to be, you know, complete bullshit which is what these films are they are not made by people who are exploring the idea of a faith-based society they're just made to, to rip people off and and sell tickets but mm -hmm. um <laughs> this is a debacle and i cannot believe there's sequels because there is no unless we walked because we walked out the moment the trailer start or the credits started if there was a mid-credits I don't know. We'll have to look it up. If there is, I don't even know. This, I can't imagine what would you sequel because none of the characters are interesting to bring back. No, and you know, I got to tell you something. When I first 
watch The Exorcist, you you know, I felt really, really bad for Reagan. I was like, oh my God, this poor kid, Jesus, you know, what she's going through. I just thought she was so cute and charming. Yeah, you and, really felt like they were real people. felt like they were real people. These kids, I was like, I no. don't care. I don't care about them. There was never any establishment. They were just two kids. There was no reason to care about them at all. And, and I think the biggest disservice to that, what you're saying, is that it's the movie around it that is bringing it out. Yeah. You know, it's uh, the characters and the the stuff around it is really removing any realism to it. Mm -hmm. And that's why those characters are particularly not fleshed out enough, mm -hmm. not realistic enough, not done in any sense of the word well. <laughs> and Well. Well. And I, I, I just want to talk about the other family. Okay. Because, because that part of the movie, I constantly had questions. I have tons of questions. There's a scene in this movie where they have just seem to have given up in their house yes so there's, there's a part a, okay so um the father goes the other father he goes into um you know to bring i guess ellen burston into the house to do what um to Th meet the family i that's guess baffling. Yeah. um and so his name is victor well, we're not going to call him the other father anymore his name's victor so anyway the other father so they go in the house and these the, the family is literally just sitting on the floor chanting they're not no, not all of them. I don't know what they're fucking the doing. The father is, he seems to be sitting, drinking, staring at a screen of a television flashing and mumbling like, and now you would establish, you would think instantly, oh, he's killed his family. You or know, or, the, or the, his daughter yeah. has killed everybody in this house. I was now they have that. two little children. So now you, your first instinct is, where are those children? Right. I'm really worried about them. And then you just randomly find them on the kitchen floor huddled with the mother yeah and they're so, not answering the phone they're not running the kids out of the house and by the way the house is trashed it's trashed why is it trashed who did that did she do that well they're just they keep showing her running around the house like in the background it, it's well, supposed to be spooky it's not but what the most not. spooky thing in this entire scene is the wallpaper the wallpaper so awful. is in a, is from an entirely different decade than the film. They have green, what looks like pineapple wallpaper. No, it looks like some kind of floral pattern, but it still looks like puke. And who let the me fuck just, has wallpaper? I mean, they do. But can I just say something really quick? You just brought it up, and there are two other kids. In this family. Uh -huh. Now, they don't even give a shit. The movie doesn't care. They don't show us how those two kids are affected. They don't show us anything about those two kids. It's like, why are those kids even in this movie? There is no reasoning. In fact, after just losing their daughter for three days, mm -hmm. they happily get up to go have some wine and a wafer at church and leave their three kids, one of which is clearly not healthy or in the right mind. Right. She, her hair is falling out. She's trying to remove her toenails. Mm -hmm. And she looks like her skin is peeling off. Mm -hmm. And she's twitching and trying to pick up the Bible with her toes. And they leave their two little children with this person. Mm -hmm. After just losing one of their children. 
Yeah. And what's even amazing to me in, in this, like, stupid, just another stupid thing I noticed is that after the smoke clears and the demons leave, blah, 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 the two little girls, literally their faces just go back to normal. Like their teeth were rotting out. Their skin was completely slashed and distorted and messed up. And they were cut up and everything. And they were just fine. Like literally her, her face was fine. You know, I was like, what is, okay, whatever. Yeah. And I, did you I, notice the upside down cross on the one kid's head? Like it had happened in the movie, but it was never actually shown. Yes. Yeah, I noticed and I was that like, too. okay, at some point, I just, I just want this to end. And now that I know that they're going to be making more of these, I'm, wow. I'm just embarrassed. That, I'm embarrassed. That, that is wild to me. Now, we have to talk about their pastor, who seemed like they were establishing him to have a moment where he was maybe a corrupt person, or they were going to show something with this actor. Uh, this, this actor's actual character name is Pastor. You, you would think that maybe he only has like a couple minutes in this film when he's named Pastor. Yeah. But he is in the entire ending of this film. Yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't want to put too much effort in, you know? Yeah. I mean, they the, had to pay Ellen Burstyn's salary that, you know, that was double for them just stabbing her eyes out, which is fucked. I'm sorry. The main characters in the ending of this film have no names. In fact, Anne Dowd's character is just named Anne. Oh, my God. Well, that's really, that's just... It's the guy across the creative. street is just Tony. I mean, the that's that's how uncaring this film is. Yeah, I mean, it it's... doesn't even. It, it's like they did this and they were just making shit up on a whim as they went along. They were like, you know what? What if the neighbor was into spiritualism? Right. What if um, it's just... the other neighbor was um, a nurse? And she's also a nun. Yeah, I mean, it's just so gratuitous. Like, really? I mean, we know that we know our neighbors on both sides here, okay? I can tell you right now that none of these people that I'm surrounded by are fucking nuns, okay? I, I can't, like, what are the chances that your kid gets possessed and you live next door to a nun? Just so happens. Can you stop it already? You, you know, these fucking writers are, are dicks. I'm sorry. Like, I've just. Just you just fucked up. I'm sorry, you fucked up. I mean, the, it is it's wild on every front. The decisions, the the this this script was written and passed around and okayed. When these characters start doing religious, like they're reading from the Bible and they're doing these religious moments, they feel so fake. They feel it feels so goofy. It does. None of it is working. And watching random different religions in a room, kind of like shaking their head in okay every time someone does something. Like mm -hmm. a preacher finally walks in, and everybody's like, "Yeah, Christians walked in. Yeah. It's gonna work now." And, and all the characters nodding at them, like, "Well," and just, <laughs> I gotta point out this one scene. This uh, there's a fireplace scene. Where this girl is, she's making, she made bathtub tub water or some kind of, some kind of special liquid to pour on the kids. And everybody's like, what is it? What is it? And then she goes, it's like um, the 
the the water of Christ, that Christ, whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, the water for the lambs. And everybody's like, I'm okay with everything now. Yeah, It, it happens so just, quick. It's just so silly. These parents were okay with every goddamn thing. And the craziest thing is like, also the cop, okay, there's a female cop in this who was, you know, the detective who was trying to locate the yeah, girls. We should talk about the ending of that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I just cannot. Okay, first of all, these these kids would have been taken away from these parents immediately. Yes. It looks like fucking child abuse. The ending of this movie, the way that it's done, would establish that the cops have arrested everybody, and mm-hmm. they're all in jail for two murders. Two murders happen yep. in this house. Yep. A priest is found dead. And a uh, little girl found that. The biggest spoiler of all. Um, one kid does not make it in this film. And uh, it doesn't have any emotional weight. No, I, I didn't it, even care. It doesn't care. have any emotional weight whatsoever. I, I know and that sounds bad, but I just didn't care. Didn't when care. the cops finally come to this house, they don't instantly arrest everybody. And they show Ann Dowd in jail while well, talking to the police officer. Now, she tells an entire narration about how... People are going to, what do you think about God and all that? I was hoping at the very last moment of this entire narration and the showing these shots of people getting on with their lives after what happened and, and it's supposed to be sad and touching. I was hoping the last moment of that scene would have been the cop going, yeah, that's all nice. You're going to jail. Yes. You're a nurse who tried to, she brought her own equipment from the hospital, must have been stolen, and did try to do electric paddling. On a child. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse. She's first off, no way she's working for the, the hospital ever, ever again. And two, she has to go to jail for what she did. Yeah, and she administered sedatives. Like, so that's yes. stealing. And by the way, they showed that like it was going to come back too. Yeah, there was no. a shot of the mm-hmm. sedative on the table. Very, very important shot. Mm-hmm. Never comes back. No. And, you know, they literally have exhausted like like chris mcneil in the original went through all of these freaking tests i mean you see this little girl going through the freaking ringer yes, yes getting to spinal believe, taps like finally, yeah and shit i mean spinal taps and brain scans all sorts of shit and you know within one second oh they're examined okay they're fine just send them home it was like automatic weird shit started happening and leslie odom the actor had literally only one expression on his face the whole time. He never shed a tear. He never, like... It was always the disbelief. I, at one point, I thought he was going to laugh. I, I don't even think... That was a part where I thought he was holding back a laugh. He was he was shocked that he was in this movie. That's the way his face yeah. looked throughout the whole movie. And I just felt like just how, you know, the know-it-alls. There's always a know-it-all in every horror movie. Of course. And it's like, yeah. okay, this is the played-out trope that we're all sick of. Okay? There's, like... You know, just basic. You're all doomed. It's that character that, kind that of doom. they think that they need to include for the audience to understand what's going on. And another good thing to go look at the original movie mm-hmm. and just being like, she goes to a local priest. Yeah, and like she just basically any... tells him, "Shit's bad." Yeah, Can Joe. Any Joe house? Schmo. It's like okay, now <laughs> we're talking about like they had to go through so many things to get Father Karras. Um, you know, to, to do that exorcism. And in, in this movie, it's like, hey, we're just going to pick that guy. Hey, yeah. how about that guy over I, there? I absolutely remember now in the original movie, the doctors actually suggest going to the priest. The doctors are in a board meeting with her and yeah. they're like, have you... Um, 
like thought about talking to your local pastor or your priest. Yeah, like that. You know, that that they, scene is amazing they ask because her, are even you the a doctors are completely shocked. Yeah, they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do, and they're actually scared. Even that that I love. Even um, Ellen Burstyn in the movie is like eighty-eight doctors, and all you could tell me with your bullshit. It's like. Literally, yeah. they're completely flabbergasted, yeah. and they yeah. they say, "Are you a religious person?" She even goes to a hypnotist. They, they do yeah. everything in that movie before that she decides to do that. Yeah. Those scenes are fantastic, just grade A filmmaking. None of that happens in yeah. this movie. And you know, I, can I, I also talk about the bums? Yeah, there's like a, a, a almost seems like a setup to say that the homeless people are some kind of bad source, and they actually established that they were nearby the possession that happened and that never comes back either that's very strange no i think that when they were looking for the girls they were looking they for anybody those... that could have possibly seen them no they found their tents or yeah they and were they, in... so they questioned them yeah. and then when he questioned them later on they gave really disgusting disturbing answers and they yeah. seemed really messed up like they were going to be a part of it you know in the sense of like the omen where there's others that like are followers to it, you know, and and none of that. The, even like the the reference that the statue, the Pazuzu statue, has some kind of attachment in the original, mm-hmm. and that might have had some kind of part in the possession. In this movie, nothing. No. Nothing is really explained, or all these little things are set up to not come back. But it is if you have already seen the Halloween three Halloween movies that he has made. It feels like the exact same thing where the world feels like it's peppered with comedians pretending to be um, straight actors. Yeah. You know, like really weird celebrities, like uh, not celebrities, but comedians at stand-up mics are all the characters in the Halloween franchise. If you watch that, those three movies, everybody feels fake. Everybody feels off. And everybody feels like somebody was written by a comedian. And in yeah. this movie, it's almost the exact same problem again. So this is definitely his issue. Yeah, and you can also blame Danny McBride for that. Danny McBride is a part of it. And I think they have a lot as a producer. I think that he has maybe wants to give a lot of shots to a lot of maybe underground actors. And that's why there's a lot of bit parts that seem bigger than they should be. Mm-hmm. Because I think that they, and I, I, I congratulate them, but do it well. Mm-hmm. establish those side characters, make those side characters likable. You can't just throw them in because you feel like you want to give it to the, back to the little guy. Like, I understand right. that. I mean, I get that too, but like, I mean, this this is a just... Not, and nothing was cohesive. This is just a hot mess. It was, you know, and, and what they did with the freaking Chris McNeil character, I mean, just don't even bring her back, you fucking assholes. It's, don't even bring her back. It was what so are you obvious. Because you're trying to get people to come in, like the original fans of, you know, horror oh, fans yeah. of the original movie, or that's how you're getting us to come in, and then you do that to her? Same, Fuck you. Same goes for the um, tubular bells. Yes. Not oh, being in this movie at all. Yes. But they use it in the trailer. They use it in the trailer. And that's how they, like, you know, get us back. And also they, they try to... Like, go one notch above by using two kids instead of just one. That, that's what I said in the opening. That, yeah. oh, how do we do it? We'll double down with two right, kids. Right, double down. And, and, you know, oh, and how else can we draw people in? Oh, 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 let's get the original Chris McNeil back in. Yeah, and um, play the music and, and the also music. reference the original um, band trailer for the original with the flashing white faces. Right. They did that in the uh, new, one of the trailers, mm-hmm. which was great. 
advertising, and they even used the posters with white, black and white faces sideways, which is really odd posters. Mm-hmm. None of that's in the film. No, it's all a big dupe. And it's like, you know, it. I just, I get, I'm so mad. I'm like so mad that, you know, you would bring in a national treasure like Ellen Burstyn and fuck up like that. Why would you do something like that? It's like, it's so pointless. Like you guys are fuckers for bringing her back in and then, and then making us want to go see the movie because Ellen Burstyn's back with also a hint that maybe, just maybe Linda Blair will make a small little appearance in it. When she does make the appearance, it's by that point, we just want to leave the fucking theater because we've had enough of it. But why would you, you know, that's like such a fucking shitty thing to do to someone. It's like, yeah, we're going to draw you guys in by, by promising, you know, like double the freaking, you know, possession. And we're going to go one notch above and bring back Ellen Burstyn, who's 91 years old. And, you know, we were so excited for that. And then you just shit all over it. So fuck you, David Gordon Green and Scott Teams and the rest of your stupid fucking team because you guys suck. And I don't, I I don't care. I'm mad because I'm tired of this motherfucker. He has taken two, and that is two franchises, two horror franchises, and made them into trash, okay? I will never watch another thing that this guy does, ever. This whole fucking team. And Danny McBride can go too. Fuck him. I'm all on. I'm all on board to watch the train wrecks that continue to happen in these films. I can't even. I, I can't wait. I, I I always am shocked. I you know what's really crazy about this? I usually love bad movies, and we we talk about bad movies on Talking Trash all the time, which is now is. Uh, and I love these movies. I love bad movies, but this the worst thing you could do in a bad movie is be boring. And I actually wanted this movie just to end. And so it is, it's its own kind of bad movie in not even a fun way. No, but see, here's the thing. A bad movie in a fun way is like Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Or, you know, a bad movie in a fun way is, you know, Dolls. Or, you know, even like, I mean, we watch so much shit that we love. But like, this movie was set out to be a good movie. They they really tricked everybody thinking that this was going to be something. You know, by just the trailer... The, you know, and the the music and the promise of Ellen Burstyn and all this stuff. And then they, they fuck it up. It's like, you know, you cannot take two horror franchises that, I mean, everybody holds in such high regard and then trash it up like this. Yeah. I mean, just can't do that. So, I mean, and it, this angers me so much that Blumhouse would put this much money into something like this. Like, would you have any goddamn, like, standards or or do you have, like, I mean, any pride at all? Do you take pride or are you just making random shit left and right and you don't care? Like, it's, I mean, especially since it's The Exorcist, you should really have, you know, put more and more into it. Like, yeah. you should make this fucking phenomenal because it's the goddamn Exorcist. And it's one of the best films ever made. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I. I'm I'm on that, I like a hundred percent. I'm sorry that I'm screaming, but you know what? I, I just it gets me so mad that these people can they have the opportunity to make something great, and then they just fuck it up with filth. I'm just over it. I'm over it. This is like that's two times that the Halloween franchise has been dragged through the freaking mud, and now you ruin The Exorcist and poor William Friedkin. 
I mean, the guy freaking knew. He knew. I have never seen a frame of any of the sequels. And I wouldn't, I'm not interested in them. I actually did see uh, maybe two or three minutes of Exorcist II. I was at the Technicolor lab, and one of the color timers said, hey, we're running Exorcist II. Do you want to uh, go in the screening room and have a look at it? And I was over there doing something else, and I said, okay, sure. So I went in the screening room, and I see some guys riding on the back of a bumblebee <laughs> or some fucking thing. It was unreal. And I, oh, and I, I left. And now I'm going to tell you the story of the first screening of Exorcist II, the sneak preview in Pasadena. This was Exorcist II, and it was told to me by an executive of Warner Brothers, because this... The executive said, oh, you got to come out to, to see the sneak preview. It's really terrific. And uh, you're going to love it. You're a grandfather. You should be proud. And I said, no, I think I'll miss it. And then afterwards, he told me the story. These Warner Brothers executives drove out to Pasadena in their big limousines. And uh, they were all dressed up. And they went into the theater, which was packed, turn away crowds, and they went and sat in the last row. And about 10 minutes into the film, now, before they went into the theater, they told their um, limo drivers, look, we're gonna be in there for like two hours and 20 minutes, so or maybe more. You guys go on down the end of the block, there were some fast food joints, they went down to get a cup of coffee, whatever. So the limos are gone. The executives go into the last row. Ten minutes into the picture, a guy stood up in the audience. He stood up and he looked around. And he said, the people who made this piece of shit are in this room. <laughs> yeah, I love that he said Pineapple Express. That makes me laugh. It's just terrible. Well, terrible. all right. Here's the big question now. Because on Talking Trash, we have made a list of our rankings of the movies we started since we started doing this list of the worst to the best. And now <sighs> I think this one deserves to be put on the list. What do you yes, think? Yes, absolutely. So where do you think this falls? Does this fall between Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which we both have our bottom, our number one spot for the worst movie? Is it between that one and Bucket of Blood from 1995, the remake, or is it higher up? Okay. Um, Mortal Kombat Annihilation is still the worst one. Yeah. It's, I mean, just that's trash. I can't. <laughs> but also Bucket of Blood is also trash, and I cannot get behind that one either. Well, next up you have April Fool's Day. Okay. And then Carnival, the April Fool's Day 2008 remake. And then the Carnival Souls remake. So where would you put this? Oh my god. Okay. I mean, it's better than April Fool's Day. It's better than April Fool's Day. I think so. Wow. I think it is. Okay. Is it better than Street Fighter? <laughs> <laughs> now that's okay. the question right there. I mean... Oh, what are you? <laughs> let's just say, what are you giving this score-wise? Well, I said it. I fucking said it when I was 
going into this movie. A I four. knew it. I'm giving it a four. I mean, I'm I know. pissed. I'm, I'm, I feel like it's lower. It but is. But it's, it's a four. It, it, it might mean, actually be a five mediocre. No, sense, it's not fucking mediocre. I'm going to a four. It's bad. It's not mediocre at all. And I will say that I think that Street Fighter is better than this film. You know, I think I'm going to say Street Fighter is better than this film, too. <laughs> and I'm... It's making me like Street Fighter more and more. Every time we do this ranking, I'm like, oh, Street Fighter is not that bad, is it? Oh, my God. I just received new orders. Our superiors say the war is canceled. We can all go home. What is it called? Ex- Exorcist Believer? Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, I, uh, I cannot. I, so you're um, going between April Fool's Day and Carnival Souls? Or are you going uh, Carnival Souls better? Oh, God. I hated that one, too. I mean, I, I guess... This... Which one would you rather watch again? Would this? I rather watch again? This or Carnival Souls remake? Oh. I mean, I... Uh... You have to give an answer here, okay, woman. Okay, fine. Carnival of Souls. I'd rather watch that again. Okay, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. This movie was shit. <laughs> I'm fucking bad. <laughs> Stop taking our horror franchises and turning them into trash, motherfuckers. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of you, motherfuckers. That's what I have to say. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm really well, mad. look, that's that's all we got for this. I, I can't even, I'm sorry I'm screaming. I'm so pissed off. This guy cannot make a horror movie. Do you hear me? And he should be stopped. Stop giving him money, okay? Stop it. Stop it. All right, we should get out of here. We literally did 50 minutes on ranting about this film. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say... I mean, like I said, there is something good in the opening here. There are some decent ideas to us to maybe go with, I guess. But man, does this drop that fucking ball heavy. So, yeah. Yeah, ball dropped. Done. I, all right. Let's get out of here. Good night, everybody. Fuck them and the horse they rode in on. And the ship that brought them over here. And the dog that walks behind them. Fuck them all.